Welcome back to Chat Shit Get Sick. I'm your host Danny Field. In this episode, I'm joined by Bristolian comedian Danny Johns, who I met at a Bath Comedia Comedy Launchpad competition. She's a proper funny comedian, recovering chav, and we spoke about all things comedy in Bristol. Yeah, not too bad. Same shit, different day, that kind yeah. of thing. I see you, you know? managed to do quite a bit of uh, a bit of comedy during lockdown. Yeah, I've done like a few little sketches and like there's been the odd sort of online charity fundraiser. So I've yeah. done videos of that, but I haven't done any of the like Zoom gigs or anything like that. I just feel like I don't know if I want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've done, I done my first online gig um yesterday or the day before for the the gong show um oh, through the comedy store and it was good it was weird it was like the first gig i've done in a long time so it was a bit um like the nerves came back surprisingly i didn't think i'd be that nervous but like yeah like the nerves of a first like a first ever gig came back um oh, i beat the gong yeah. but then I, I didn't win they had quite a few like good people on there um how did they gong you off over zoom well they have uh people so you go on and then they have four people on the screen that all have something red in their house and oh. they just at least three of them have to put like the whatever it is up and then it sends you off so oh no yeah so like you still i think i think it's, it might even be worse a little bit because you see it at least with like if you've ever done like the gong show before there was a lights are in your eyes and you you just sort of don't know how you're doing until someone says it but um oh. No, that sounds a nightmare because that's quite close up and personal, isn't it? There's only four people on the screen looking back at you. <laughs> yeah, and the first person went up, and they didn't they didn't turn their mics down. So the people that were watching, like obviously they can laugh or they can boo, but they what they can't do is talk over the person performing, and they were all chatting over him and like proper <laughs> slagging, proper slagging oh. him off. Um, <laughs> one person was like, "Is he even going to tell a joke yet?" Like two, three minutes, like two minutes into his set, and it's just like it's brutal. I, mean, I suppose it is like the, the the gong show brutal in general. But that, like, even the MCs were like, "Look, at least let him tell his jokes. Don't talk over him." <laughs> oh yeah, bloody hell! Oh, I am doing a, my first online gig next week. Having said that, yeah, I kind of forgot there was um online new comedian of the year award or something. Okay, uh, which I think is through the joke put and nodding dog. And yeah, I applied for ages ago, for, kind of forgot about it. And then I've had an email like, oh, your heat is Sunday the 9th. Now I'm like, oh, what are my jokes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do, I, how do I do stand up again? Yeah. What do I know that's funny? <laughs> yeah, that's because um, I'd done my first. So that was that comedy uh, store, The Gong Show. That was my first gig in like four months. Um, and it's only three minutes. But even for the three minutes, I was just like, oh, how do I say words again? And I had to like do a full set list of like a five minute set that realistically I've done like hundreds and hundreds of times over and over and over. And uh, yeah, it was just like so mad, but I've got like a, um, like a proper gig on Tuesday. Um, So now I'm just trying to go over material just so I don't forget when I'm on stage there. But to be honest, it'd probably just be enjoyable just for doing the gig rather than, rather than getting, getting laughs. Or at least that's what I'm going to tell myself if I don't get laughs. (laughs) Yeah, I do want to go for having you. Like, I went to, um, there was, there's a place in Lakota called Lakota um, in Bristol, which is usually a club, but they started doing uh, comedy nights because they've got like a night, big outdoor garden sort of space. 
Yeah. And I went there on Tuesday and saw Fern Brady. Really? And she, yeah, she was brilliant. But she got up and she, she did a few jokes. Then she was like, oh, fuck, this is the first time I've done this in four months. What else do I know about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like the warm-up act. Um, I think his name was Alfie. Oh, God, I'm going to forget. That. So, well, Alfie Brown. Alfie. I don't know. He was going to got like long hair? Yeah, he, yeah like curly. I think I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his surname, though. Yeah, I have to look it up after. But yeah, yeah. and he was and he had like all handfuls of notes and stuff on the stage. He was yeah. like, don't judge me, it's been months. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, it's just like an outdoor gig or like a drive-in one. Or... It's indoor. It's like proper. Oh. Um, it's socially distant. So the pub that do it, they've got, um, I don't know if you've, if you've been to many gigs in London but there's a pub called the Cavendish Arms in Stockwell so the comedy um, night that they run is called Comedy Virgins and basically it's a pub like a proper sort of council estate pub and attached to the pub they've made out a little performance space like a proper little theatre room and um, they do I think they do a lot like burlesque and cabaret and um, like just music live music like a lot of different things but um, yeah, like they normally it's like, I think they get something like 50, 60 plus people in. So this is literally just going to be 10 comedians and 10 bringers. Um, God, that's like even number of acts and audience then. Yeah, yeah. But they're doing like, yeah. so they do two gigs a night. It's Monday and Tuesday. So they're going to, overall, they'll have like 40 people coming in, which will be good. Um, and it'd be good for like the performers because it's like, if you've, if you've ever sort of done a bringer, um, I don't really know how it works in Bristol, but like sometimes you, you, if you go up first, you've got absolutely nothing to think about. And if the acts aren't good, it's going to be a long two, three hours. But um, sure. Bringers are just, I've never done a bringer. They're not a thing in sort of Southwest really, not at all. Yeah, I've heard that quite a lot just outside of London that they're not. And even when I used to, because um, I started in New Zealand and I sort of, I was gigging there for like seven or eight months and it's not a thing there. Um uh, they have like their, their pros and cons really but um yeah it's difficult to find like a good gig in london at like open mic sort of level that isn't a bringer um okay it's interesting yeah but yeah this so like this gig i'm uh i've completely forgotten my my set like off the cuff i know it in my head but i've been trying to repeat it recently and i've just been fucking so much up so uh, <laughs> i don't think it's gonna be great but it'll be fun to be back on an actual stage in an actual room and it might be like, you know, less than half of what their normal audiences is, but it, it should be fun. Yeah, no, I think it'd be good. I mean, you can always put some sneaky notes on the stage, I guess. I was thinking that with this online one, I might put some bullet points on my wall, like behind the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I've done that with, um, with the gong show. So I had two phones on me. I had my girlfriend's phone and my phone, and then I timed myself. So I knew um, sort of how far I had to go. And then I'd had like a mini set list um, next to it. So if I forgot where I was, I could just look down and go, oh yeah, that's where I am. And it wouldn't look too obvious that I'm, I'm cheating. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's that a was... a little, little tip that, I like it. <laughs> well, it's the, only, it's, the only, uh, it's the only tip I've got really. It's the only gig I've done. <laughs> I think the, the plus side to doing that though is I've been like very anti doing online gigs since this whole lockdown started. And it yeah. sort of encouraged me to go on and maybe try and do some more now because they're they're not as bad as I feel as I thought they might be. And yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, like oh, if sorry. You're, oh, sorry. Um, if you're still at home, like trying out material, it's 
at least a place to sort of just try it somewhere as opposed to just telling your family members or in my case my girlfriend who probably doesn't want to hear every single joke that's come into my head <laughs> yeah no, that's a good point yeah I think I think it'd be interesting I, like the same as you I've been a bit like oh I don't know if I want to do it because it's like you know you miss the vibe and the atmosphere and stuff but yeah well yeah. We'll, we'll give it a go so did you sort of like stand up literally and you know perform it as if you were at a club because this competition I'm doing they had the first heat last week and I saw I watched some of it and some people um got up and kind of did that way other people were sort of sat it was sort of more chill or they were sort of looking into the webcam which at most of the time I found quite weird and creepy it looked like yeah. <laughs> it looked like you were perving on someone through their computer like you know those email scams that you get like yeah. I know what you've been watching and I've got it on video naughty boy like <laughs> <laughs> what are them there so was, yeah, were you like getting up into it and standing up literally? Well, there are a couple of, um, I think there are a couple of different approaches that you saw throughout the night. So like, I didn't stand, but the, uh, the first person that went up, he had like, um, just sort of like a coffee, you know, one of those like, um, bottles you put coffee in just to keep it warm, like throughout the day. He was using one yeah. of those as the mic or like a pretend mic <laughs> just to hold some in. And he was stood up fully in like his living room. And, and I thought, that's it's quite a normal way to do stand-up but then the audience were just a bit like they weren't that receptive to it um I've literally just had it like I've got a laptop and webcams on and I, I was just looking into the into the camera but there's some people that are like had their phone were just holding their phone and sort of like as if they were on a FaceTime call oh yeah so that's the that's what I thought was a bit weird yeah I think like the bet the one that seemed to work easiest was literally just like webcam setup because I think in everyone's head that's what they're expecting a webcam setup right yeah so like if you go with if you go with stood in the middle of your front room with like a pretend mic and 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 everything (laughs) on I think I think the audience will go hold on a second this ain't normal (laughs) ah shit see I was gonna get my hairbrush out and like like you know my along to SF7 like the old days like (laughs) yeah (laughs) just the webcam Uh, replaces the mirror yeah <laughs> you um uh, I, I saw with one gig you you'd been on the same lineup as russell howard yeah so um i've done two of this he's been on as well now well one's yeah. literally um so yeah there's this organization around the southwest called belly laughs and they do these really cool gigs usually in january yeah. and they pair up with some like amazing independent restaurants and it's basically a comedy night, comedy dinner night, and all the proceeds go to um, a Bristol-based homeless charity. Or if it's obviously, you know, there's one in Devon, then a Devon-based charity yeah. or Cardiff and wherever. And um, yeah, the guy who runs it is a really great comedian called Mark Olver, who happened to be housemates and best mates with Russell Howard and John Richardson back in the day when they all oh, got to well. uni together. That, that's a that's a trick to pull out, isn't it? Yeah, I've got some mates. <laughs> they can calm down. You know, you yeah, might not have heard of him. Yeah, hey, Biggie. But yeah, yeah. And he's great. He does a lot of like TV warm-up stuff as well. So he's always, uh, you know, mixing with like, you know, the Mock of the Week gang and or, yeah. you know, whoever. And he's just, you know, managed to get people like Angela Barnes and Mark Watson and John Richardson yeah. involved. And some of them came down and did the physical gigs in January, which was amazing. So I got to do a gig with... Angela Barnes and like nearly died like of joy so she was yeah. just brilliant I love her um and then yeah two of these online ones Russell Howard's done videos for as well yeah well that see that's um I think that's almost a benefit to going into lockdown is I think a lot of 
bigger comedians have had quite a focus on trying to I'm sure Russell Howard does stuff like that a lot anyway but I feel like there's been a bit of a focus from some bigger comedians to try and like shed some light on um on like other comedians or sort of comedians with less income to them and um yeah so like be on a gig with Russell Howard like <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would be saying that out down, outside a lot of time, but I, <laughs> not yet, maybe one day. Yeah. But yeah, it's great because yeah. they shared like the promo, like the, the banner sort of poster image, if you like. And he's at, at one point of it and I'm at the other. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, well, you've literally got the promo there. So you can just, mate, I'd tattoo that to my leg. <laughs> you know what I mean? Walk around like sunburnt in my bay again, yeah, but I was still on with Russell Howard, so... Yeah, I'll print it up and put it in uh, in my car. So like when I put the sun visor down, I'm like, oh yeah, me and Russ. Remember that? Yeah. Me and Russ. So I'm driving back from a terrible gig. I'm like, yeah. at least that was a good day. Yeah. <laughs> me and my friend, me and my celebrity friends. Yeah, me and my fellow Bristolian. Yeah. Uh, so you've, um, so we were in the Bath Comedy Launchpad competition. I'm I'm pretty sure the word quest is in there somewhere. <laughs> We were indeed. It's such a long name that I, I always get it mixed around. But um, yeah, we was in that and that was, that was where we met. And that was your, so that was your sort of year, like your first year into comedy. Yeah, it was literally, I started last February. Yeah, um, last February. I think, yeah, so I think that competition was, was it January or February this year? Um, I can't remember exactly. I it would have been I think probably February because it wasn't long just before the old before March kicked in and everything yeah. sort of locked down. But um, I, I do remember, wasn't there like an insane storm, like crazy weather and you, you yeah. drove all the way down? Yeah, we drove down the M4 and it was sort of like a final destination weather. Um, oh, like we, we had to drive so slow at some point and there was just like lorries just steaming past and you couldn't see nothing. And I was just like, you know, if you, if we get here and, and the gig's off, that, I think that was my worst nightmare to do two hours through like weather that could kill you to bath and then have to turn back. I but, just um, imagine like on the way down, like if there's a, a Lord, let me get there and a, a bloody wind to make this ridiculous journey worth it. Yeah. Well, it was funny because the, so we, we done like the semi-final and then the final and on the semi-final, so my mum came down for that. Um, and she'd only seen me prior to this. She's only seen three gigs. So the first one she saw was um, doing the gong show at the comedy store um, a while back. And I lasted like 37 seconds, I think. Oh, um, like, that's I did not, not a phrase you want to use in any context, is it? <laughs> yeah. And like, I, did, I did tell her, I was like, it might be difficult because this is, is proper. And uh, she, yeah, no worries. So she came to that. Second one she saw was in a... Um, was in a it's like a Sunday sort of uh, pub lunch type thing. It wasn't really built for comedy. The room, but she saw it and she yeah. like she enjoyed it. And then I think the first the third one was literally she came down for that semi final, and um, I forgot like a minute of my set. <laughs> I was like, oh. oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> but uh, yeah, she she got one in the end, which is pretty decent. That um, like a full gig that worked properly, and and there was no uh, there was no issues. But um, oh. <laughs> but yeah we met so we met at that gig you'd been um going like a year at that point so did you start doing stand-up in bristol yeah so started in bristol um it was kind of a new year's resolution so basically i had, <laughs> I had like a christmas work party yeah. and 
uh, I was in a taxi with a few people because we had sort of drinks in the office and then we were going um, out to, to dinner and I was just sat there being an absolute legend <laughs> and they were all crying with laughter. Somebody was like, you, you're actually really funny because they, did, they didn't know me for too long then. They were like, you're yeah. really funny. Like, you, sh- you could be like a comedian or something. And I was like, well, you know what? I've always wanted to try it. I need a New Year's resolution, so I'm going to nab that. And uh, I just like looked online, literally like, if there because I had no idea. Like, I didn't know there were all these Facebook groups. Yeah. Didn't know anybody was doing it's it. so intense. No oh, it's nuts, isn't it? And then there's this place, uh, organization called Funny Women. And they, um, it's like a support network for female comedians and they have competitions and awards and like training and all this kind of stuff. And they were starting the Bristol branch of it literally in two weeks time. So I was okay. like, oh my God. So I went along to that. It's part of a workshop, part of the mic night. And um, it was really brilliant. I just took profit in the workshop. I didn't gig because um, yeah. I kind of wanted to suss it out. Yeah. And oh, there were some brilliant, brilliant people in the Bristol scene there. And I was like, right, I'm coming back in Feb and I'm having a go. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it, really. I think that's, that's, um, I think that's something you mentioned there that like, I've not spoken about to a lot of people, but like that sort of preemptive bit before you do a gig and like when you're just trying to work out whether you should do it or you shouldn't do it. Like yeah. in New Zealand, um, sorry, in, uh, in Auckland, there's a comedy club called The Classic and it's pretty much like New Zealand's main and slash only full-time comedy club. Um, and on a Monday, they'll have an open mic night. And some nights it could be like 10, 15 people. Some nights it could literally be like 50 plus. Like it, was, wow. it could be intense in ways. But um, yeah, I went to like every Monday night for like a solid month or so. There were, I found like an open mic night near me in a bar that I, you know, I was watching that on like a Wednesday. Like I'd probably just, um, just trying to get as much information from people. I think like the, um, the thing you come away with is like, well, there are some people up here. And I might not be better than them, but there are others. And it's like, I can be as bad as that. So (laughs) I don't see why I can't get up and give it a go. Absolutely. And yeah, I did the same thing. Like when I decided I'm going to come back to Funny Women Bristol next month, in that month, I tried to go to as many open mic nights um, as possible to, you know, get the vibe at other places. And, you know, if, if if I liked that, where could I go next and stuff? And yeah, I was just so excited by like some of the people that I saw up there thinking they were really good and then some of them I was like I ain't gonna be worse than that so the confidence like that, isn't it? and how did how did the actual gig go uh, well, <laughs> I thought it was great <laughs> yeah I mean I know like now sometimes you look back and you go oh I don't think it was that great but like when you was there did it feel good yeah I well, I enjoyed it. I definitely, I, I was shitting my pants, like the whole, yeah. like, good 24 hours before. Yeah. Like, I didn't sleep properly. I, like, didn't really eat very much. Like, I'm usually yeah. someone who's like, I fucking love the food. Yeah. Bang on, hungry all day. Didn't eat nothing. I couldn't even, couldn't even. I went to work in that day, and at lunch I was like, I'm going to go to my favourite noodle place, because I was, like, feeling a bit stressed. Have a nice lunch, sort yourself out. Couldn't even eat it. I was absolutely fuming. Yeah. But then, <laughs> Once I got there and did it, I was like, I think I really liked that. Yeah. It's and that it little addiction weird. you get, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm sure, like, I mean, obviously I would have been absolutely awful. And um, I don't use any of the jokes, really, from yeah. that. You no, start somewhere. Of course, yeah. And, you know, it's, I think it's only when 
you know, you've done a good few because I kind of said to myself, right, the first 10 are going to be utter, utter duck shite, but I just need to do them. And if I can get up there and remember it, then I'll, I'll keep at it kind of thing. And then I sort of made more challenges to myself. So I started videoing it and recording it. And I'd be like, right, next time I need to slow it down. Next time I need to stop. Um, you know, my eye, I noticed that my eyes were like darting all over the place yeah. where I was obviously just nervous and um, yeah, little things like that. So I think more I sort of did it and then I'd be quite critical of myself, what I've recorded and try and go from there and make small changes along the way. Yeah, I, I think like my first, when he was talking about like not eating food on that, the, the day of doing it, I, I think all I had was like tomato soup. <laughs> my girlfriend tried to cook dinner i was like look I'm, if i'm gonna eat anything it's gonna be soup and a bit of bread <laughs> even yeah. then and i'd booked the day off work as well like, I, I knew how nervous i was gonna be oh. i was just like i'm gonna book this day off and i had the whole day to myself and i'm going over material in my head and so in new zealand they give you six minutes um at sort of at, at the open mic circuit um okay. I, I went up and i'd done nine it was oh. it was like far too much and i think because i sort of hit about seven or eight minutes and i thought i was at like four or five um but i kept saying well this is my last joke so i hope i don't run out of time and i think that saved me because what normally happens <laughs> is if you hit nine like even if it's your first go they'll just like turn the music on and turn the lights on and just send you off get out yeah they haven't got a hook on a stick then to bring you off by your uh, scruff your collar <laughs> no no one to kick you either but uh <laughs> yeah but like that was that was um that that like as a first time goes it was i don't think you'd do any other gig again that sort of like replicates that feeling um but I, I look back and it's almost like you know when you watch films and people have like this this hazy memory of of just some event and that was literally my first gig i just remember getting a laugh and it, it felt like it went really well and then sometimes i listen back to the actual recording because i've still got it and i'll go what the fuck was i thinking because it did not go as good as that. <laughs> like there was a couple of laughs in there, but it wasn't. It wasn't as great as I thought. It's hard to tell, isn't it? I remember my first one as well. There was um, a, another uh, local. Well, no, she's quite. A, she's almost semi-pro comedian who's really lovely. Yeah. Um, and she was there, sort of taking notes, helping with the workshop and stuff. Yeah. And at the end, I was like, I'm going to be really ballsy and ask her if she had any notes for me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just gonna give it a go, and uh, she was like, um, I didn't really write too much, uh, but you really need to slow it down. And I was like, oh my god, if that's the worst thing somebody said to me after my first gig, it couldn't have been that bad. Yeah, that, well, that, that's pretty good. The, the only thing, I think everyone goes either too fast or too slow on their first gig. Yeah, she was probably just being nice to you, because she probably thought, I've never met you, I'm not going to tell you you're shite. <laughs> Put your authority yeah. on you after your first gig. Yeah, and that was a, that was a lovely lady called Angie Belcher, who's super funny, and she runs some really cool um, like parent and baby comedy nights. So, um, bless her, I couldn't have been that bad because she's booked me for quite a few gigs after, so it yeah. worked out nice. Oh, but they're really good. cool. They're at like um, theatres and like different places around the southwest. But she says it's basically it's it's a nightclub, but in the day, so it's at like eleven or twelve. Yeah. But the babies have to be young enough; they've got no clues. So you can swear sometimes they yeah, toddle yeah. around like yeah. I, I did it once and this tiny like cute little baby kind of 
crawled up to me on on the stage and I, it was just what I was saying something really rude and yeah. I looked at his mum and I was like this is really weird is it right if I say what you think I'm gonna say and she was like yeah go on and then I was like said the c word and his baby was just looking at me like Haha. <laughs> I was like this is the coolest thing it was right. so funny you know they'd bring their kids along and then they'll, they'll go off to nursery or wherever afterwards and they'll have finally learned that first word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, they've got to be like under one. So it was, the other weird thing is that you've, sometimes you've got like a whole row of, of breastfeeding mums and babies right in front yeah, of you and yeah. they're, you know, all quite preoccupied and, yeah. and doing stuff but also laughing at you and it's really weird. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's brilliant and the audience love it because it's, you know, it's like really cool that young mums and dads and grandparents can go and do their babies. Yeah. So, so is that like a, um, is that open to everyone or is that sort of more of a, uh, like a women only event? No, no, open to anyone. Yeah. Um, Cause I feel like, is that... I feel like with the comedians, there'd just be like too much of a, like if you had like too many men on, you'd, you'd then have that, um, that ratio of someone just making that awkward joke about someone breastfeeding, thinking they're like real hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, they're a little bit um, shorter. So there's usually three acts. So you have, um, you know, your pro headliner and opener and then sort of a, a middle spot in the middle. Yeah. So they're a little bit shorter. So there's usually like three comedians. But okay. no, they're such a good laugh. And it's really sweet because you get uh, mums and dads or you can see you get like a little group of mums or you get yeah. like, you know, a single parent dad, maybe with like the granddad and stuff. So um, I think as long as you're generally there for the, you know, with a baby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or at least yeah. grouped with a baby then you're fine <laughs> if, you, if you turn up by yourself not laughing next to a group of women breastfeeding you might have to get kicked out <laughs> yeah literally most of them are just asleep though like it was it was yeah. a real it's a real fun experience actually you should, yeah. you should hear up if you're uh, in bristol sometime when well whenever things are allowed to be back to normal it is a lovely gig yeah well that's quite good for like accessibility in it because comedy is pretty much you know that sort of um eight or nine o'clock on a on a weekend for most people. So the fact that you can get that in the middle of a day, like bring your family along, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, it's like the same level of humour and, you know, swearing and, and smut, like whatever the comics do with their, you know, club set, they do it there, but at yeah. 11 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. So that was, um, so that was like one of your earlier gigs. So you were talking about a, um, uh doing a, a course like a comedy course um have you done many of those or was that like your only one when you first started uh i haven't done a comedy course no because I've, like, I've come across like <laughs> quite a few people that have um like oh, i've okay. not done many myself i've done i've paid for like the odd um that like you know that sort of the odd, odd like hour or two session where someone just chats about comedy and like little techniques and stuff but like mm. i've seen i've i've not really like i don't know but i've I've come across people that have done um you know like those seven eight week comedy courses um or have done similar uh, things and I, then gone on but you just sort of um it was like that yeah maybe like a, a semi sort of comedy course type thing mixed with your gig and then you just jumped into it yeah so the funny uh women thing is just like once a month and the workshop is just um workshop i couldn't think of the word day. for the life of me <laughs> i kept saying course and i was like i know it wasn't course but i can't remember what it is yeah i was like it wasn't that official it's like a one-off but no i know yeah. what you mean yeah so it's yeah. like um 
the one-off and it's really cool so it's usually headed up by a comedian called Louise Lee who is hilarious and really really funny and then she gets in other guest comedians to do things so okay. it's usually about an hour and a half and it'd just be like you know here's some examples of um joke structure and then another week it might be like finding your uh you know unique selling point what how to sum yeah. yourself up yeah and stuff like that and yeah it's brilliant I try to go to that as often as possible yeah it's really lovely as well because the open mic night after um so to gig that you have to have come to the workshop that night and it is um only for you know women and female identifying people yeah um but anybody can come to the to watch in the audience um obviously that's open to everyone it's really cool and it's, it became quite a popular gig so it'd be lovely because you'd get some of the regulars so your audience would be half of the regular people who live in that area half all the other women who have been taking part in the workshop or been there previously. So it was always a really good space to do new material. So my absolute first time of doing something brand new, I always tried to line it up there because I knew everyone would be nice to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can get that sort of feedback as well. And Yeah. And you yeah. exactly, you get that bit of feedback and it just feels like a nice space. Like feel, do you kind of have like your favorite places where you go to do like your newest new stuff? Well, I feel like that, like what you sort of described there, it seems to be quite like a, a smaller city thing. Cause when I was in Auckland, like um, it's that, that sounds like there's quite like a, a good level of community within like the, the comedy scene, like which you're in. Yeah. And like when I was in Auckland, um, you know, you'd have sort of some of the, the more prominent comedians would, um, maybe run an open mic night and so you could get chatting to them and they'll sort of give you advice on some of your sets, you know, they'll do workshops. Um, so I paid for like one workshop there once and it was good, but it was essentially the person running it was basically, um, he started with a couple of bits and then he basically spent like half an hour just telling us that he will work harder than any of us will in our careers. So we've got to try and work harder than him to get work. It was more of like a motivational speech. It was pretty good for what it was. And you sort of get like the understanding of like, you are sort of competing for work. Um, but like, there was just so much going on in Auckland. Like we used to have this, um, I think it was monthly. It could have been fortnightly, but I think it was monthly and it was just put on by comedians. Um, and the the person that ran um the classic comedy club scott he would give us a room upstairs pretty i think for free and we would just go in we'd have new material we'd all just go up in the corner do a set and it'd just be like a group of comedians it could be like 10 of us um we'd all watch it and then we'd just give uh, like a critique at the end oh cool yeah so like we you know that was a good place to try and take new material because you'll get you're not only you're gonna you're getting like the the laughter or you're not getting the laughter but then you're getting people just telling you why don't you try this with your joke why don't you try and do that and you're like oh yeah okay maybe I can do that but coming to London I think things like that do exist but it's within like really small pockets um right yeah and because it's like the city's so big like where I live it takes it pretty much always takes me like a about a minimum of an hour to get to any gig um oh wow bloody hell yeah, so like you're always just on the train and it's difficult to have like, because in Auckland you could almost just walk to some of the gigs, walk to some of yeah. the things, or if you are mate travelling, it's like, I don't know, a 20 minute drive, so it's a lot easier. Um, yeah, that's so, a bit like Bristol, it's sort of a running joke that everything's 20 minutes from each other in the car. <laughs> yeah, but it is, it's a good thing. It was something I missed about Auckland was like, I could I could walk around to so many different gigs and then walk home. And it'd be like maybe a 40 minute walk home, but it was fine. And then here, if I tried that, I'd be walking, I'd, I might as well just go to work because I'd, 
be able to walk, walk to work quicker than I would be able to get home. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it gets silly a bit, but um, yeah, like that sense of, of like that, you know, comedy community, I don't think you get that a lot in London, but you do find, um, so like a non-bringer gig generally is where you'd do most of your new material. Um, if you're getting better gigs, like sort of maybe not paid, but they're sort of on the road to maybe if you just do a couple with us, you'll get paid at some point you just treat pretty much all the open mic gigs like that. But I think I find that whenever I'd done a bringer and it was with a lot of people in there, I wanted to try and do my best set just so I sort of know what it sounds like with a decent crowd. Yeah. And then the ones where it isn't a bringer and it just might be 10, 12 people, then I can just try and fire off that new material and see, um, see how it goes. Um, but yeah, like that sense of uh, like, you know, you do the workshop, for example, things, things like that do exist. I think you can go to like Angel Comedy Club. I think they're quite good with, with um, you know, doing all sorts of things to try and help improve comedians and put workshops on. And um, like it's a comedy club run by comedians for comedians, but I've never been to that personally. No, is that got... the place where they're doing online, what they're calling a writer's gym or something? Maybe. Comedy, I think. They do. So it's like a, it's sort of like a a made by comedians, run by comedians for comedians type place. Um, And they, so they have an open mic night and, or they have like a couple pretty much, I think every week. But the issue I have is for most places you can just the, um, I don't know, send someone an email and then you'll be on within like a couple of weeks maybe. But this place, because it's so much in demand, they require you to send an email in on, um, a specific day every quarter and then what they'll oh, do is just, they'll book out the gigs for like the next three months um yeah so like it's so i think that's good but at the same time i've forgotten every single date to do it i've set so many alarms <laughs> and for whatever reason i've always come to the day after and i've gone for fuck's sake not again i wanted to get on <laughs> oh wait, that's so annoying one day one day come on yeah and I, I just, I, I set like, I have set reminders, I've set alarm clocks, I've sent emails, delayed emails, um, everything. Mate, you, know like, what you, need to do? you need to put a post it note on yeah. the, underneath the toilet seat. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the morning, you're like, be the first thing you see. <laughs> yeah, I think the problem is, I always forget about like, from, from about a week before, it's the last thing in my mind. And then like the day after, it could be like, you know, uh, one in the morning, I wake up and I go, for fuck's sake, I should have called him yesterday to try and get on um Not because again. they're so they're so busy it's all comedians doing um like they're trying to put the club on but they've probably got their own stuff going on as well so yeah yeah but um that's meant to be a really good like sort of uh comedy community but i've not i've not been there <laughs> i've, I've, like, I've paid i've paid to do it but i've not actually performed there so oh that's cool uh, yeah, I need to try and do some. I've done. I do move around the southwest quite a lot. There's quite. There's a few nice gigs in sort of slightly more rural places, like you get Taunton and Bridgewater and all those places, yeah. which are nice. But yeah, I think when things are a bit more normal, I yeah. need to come up and have a bit of a have a little crack on London. Maybe take a few days off work and just see what I can squeeze in. Yeah, they, I mean, like there's... quite a lot of them are pre-booked then, so like. Yeah, you know, my my spots. experience is it is generally pre-booked. Um, I think some of them, like you can get lucky and just sort of say, look, I'm only here for a day, da da da. But you generally need a bringer um, to do most of the gigs. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know how lenient they are. The I don't know how lenient they are. Say, like you coming in from Bristol, if they go, yeah, just jump on. But um, yeah, it's uh, 
you generally you need to bring her and it's you're doing like one gig a night so that was one thing that in Auckland was I could do three gigs in a night at one point um yeah you can double up down there as well and you could just like walk like you can leave the gig early and that sort of thing and here it is just you stay there all night with your bringer so there are pros and cons to it really the quality of the gigs are good when you've got good material because you really feel like the 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 laughter of like a comedy club but at yeah. the same time there's people that have just been dragged along to see their mate and they're just bored throughout everyone's <laughs> set so it can be a difficult audience to please it's a bit of like a like a double-edged sword so that was part one with danny johns go and give part two a listen now if you've enjoyed the podcast then please give it a good review and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on cheers